0: Not, I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy.
1: And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy.
0: And you're listening to Schmanners. It's
1: extraordinary etiquette. For
0: ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Fine. Mm. I mean, I'm Oh, okay. boy.
0: Oh, <laughs> whoa. Slippery slope. Where are we going?
1: My foot is broken. Yeah. Um, but, you know, still alive.
0: This is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, I count that as a win.
0: Sure. <laughs> Gonna have to get a cast on there. Probably. Yeah. Or
1: a boot and some crutches. Who knows? Something. Who knows? Okay. I'll, I will keep you, dear listeners, updated.
0: So um, who or what are we talking about this
1: week? <laughs> oh, well, someone who is a champion, was a champion of perseverance. Okay. Which is why I talked about my foot being broken, but yet-
0: Continue on. You know, I, I do had a, continue. I had a teacher in high school tell me that actually the correct pronunciation is perseverance. What? Yeah, I know. No, no human being said. Maybe that's how they say it in the UK.
1: Maybe. I mean, like refrigerator perseverance.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Also, I think the same teacher said it's actually dictionary, mm. and not dictionary.
1: Dictionary.
0: Dictionary. I don't know. Perhaps be, but...
1: <laughs> I had a geology professor in college who said Mayanaz instead of main Huh. Okay. <laughs> but he was from the UK. Okay. So
0: Man, some people say things different, am I right? <laughs> okay, so who are we talking about? Who is this person? I know I don't even know their name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, we are going to talk about William Dorsey Swan. Huh okay. This was uh, suggested by our listener, Hannah.
0: Thank you, Hannah.
1: Thank you, Hannah. Centuries before, no, sorry, one century, more than a century, before Stonewall, uh, there was William Dorsey Swan, the original Queen of Drag.
0: Okay. I don't know the name. I don't know the story. I'm excited to find out. I'm sure much like our listeners, pins and needles.
1: Yeah. uh, This is a continuation in our series of people you should know but don't. Uh So here we are. Alex wants to note that a lot of this research is directly from a book that will be coming out next year by Channing Gerard-Joseph. Uh, titled "House of Swan," where slaves became queens and changed the world. Okay. So uh, check out great title. I know, right? Check out their website. Um, and uh, we we do want to say that all of the articles mentioning William Dorsey Swan list their pronouns as he/him. So that's that's what we were able to locate and that is what we are going to say.
0: Okay. And I'm I'm guessing, because one, you said century and you're using past tense. Right. That William Dorsey Swan is no longer alive. Correct. So we cannot ask them what exactly. their pronouns are. So we have to go off the information we have. Got
1: it. Exactly.
0: Um Oh, uh, and before we get started, uh, we we quote a couple articles. In in here, and the articles, the quotes themselves originally contained um, some outdated, offensive uh, terminology for people of color. And so we will be editing those out. So if you hear us say blank, that is why.
1: And okay, so here's the thing over the course of his life, Swan would endure slavery, Mm. the Civil War, police surveillance. torture oh. and imprisonment and more injustices than you can count. But he was probably the very first American activist to lead a queer resistance group. And he was the first known person to dub themselves the queen of drag, AKA a drag queen.
0: Okay, I'm hooked. threw me in.
1: Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, like, like many of the time period, we don't have a lot of exact dates regarding uh, his early life. Um, We know he was born around 1858. Um, Again, didn't have a specific birth date on record because he was born into slavery in Hancock, Washington County, Maryland. And we know that he was the fifth oldest child in a family of about 13 children. Right. Um, And we also know that he began his life as property of a white woman named Ann Murray and was living on her plantation when Union soldiers marched through in the winter of 1862. Um, and so Swan and his family were freed that winter by the Emancipation Proclamation, which went into effect January 1st, 1863. Okay. And uh, quite luckily... His parents were able to buy their own farm in the D.C. community after the Civil War, and down the line, Swan was able to find a job as a hotel waiter. Okay. So, like I said, between 1863 and the 1880s, there's not a lot.
0: Okay, this is where it gets a little fuzzy.
1: This is the fuzzy part. Um, But once we head into the 1880s and 1890s, this is when we find evidence that William Dorsey Swann began to organize gatherings and dances for formerly enslaved men to dress in drag. Okay. Yeah.
0: Was this... A, do we know if this was like a common thing or is it like... Uh,
1: well, it was not. It was not. Uh, in fact, when the, the party was raided by police on April 13th, 1888, there was a headline that read... Blank, dive rated, 13 black men dressed as women surprised at supper and arrested. Okay. That was the headline in the paper. And I have to assume that if this was a common occurrence, it probably wouldn't be front page news.
0: Okay. I'm very interested by this because, well, one, it's an interesting story so far. Yes. But I also was like, I want to know... Like, what was the impetus for this thing? Was it just like, well, I have these friends that we used to do this thing or that I know are interested in this thing, Mm -hmm. and we have nowhere to do it, and so I'm going to organize a party.
1: Yeah. That has to be it, right? I mean, pretty much. So um, as we mentioned before, uh, the author of the book where a lot of this information comes from, Channing Joseph, um, he told the BBC that he'd never heard of a drag ball happening that long ago, mm-hmm. and he knew that this was something he needed to know more about. Yeah, um, and it it was really awesome to find that this is this person uh, Swan was is one of the first known instances of violent resistance in the name of LBGTQAI plus uh, rights. And Joseph basically dedicated himself to researching the life of William Dorsey Swan. So here, here's some disheartening and interesting information. Oh, no. Uh, so when you think about homosexuality specifically being illegal, about what time period do you think of?
0: I mean, up until... Oh. Okay, I know that this is one of those things where I'm going to say it and it's not right. Okay. But I'm going to go later than I would normally guess, mm-hmm. 1950.
1: You are going to be so disappointed. Why? Maybe Maybe not. 2003 in the United States. Illegal? Uh, the Supreme Court decision of Lawrence v. Texas overruled a previous case from 1986, stating that homosexuality was illegal even in the privacy of one's home.
0: Who? Okay. 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 In 2003. Okay. So, okay. I'm very disappointed. Uh, yes. It, disappointed
1: in, and surprised or not surprised. Well,
0: here's the thing. So, what I was going to say is when you said 2003, my immediate response was going to be, oh, so was this one of those things where it was like on the books but like nobody was enforced. But then you said 1986, mm-hmm. it clearly was being enforced because there's a case about it. Yeah, and it was upheld in
1: 1986. Yep, it was struck down in 2003.
0: Oh boy. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. So, oh. and
1: you know here's a
0: yeah a little soapbox just for a second. Okay. I've seen some people, specifically uh, some a few young folk, occasionally say like. Why are we even doing pride? Like, why is pride even a thing? 2003.
1: That's, yeah. Yeah. When did you graduate high school?
0: I graduated in 2002.
1: I graduated in 2003.
0: Ain't that long ago. Okay.
1: Nope. 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 Okay. Um, back to William Dorsey Swan. Not having it, right? Um, The Washington Post article that Channing Joseph discovered was far from the only instance of Swan's party-based civil disobedience. William Dorsey Swan threw countless parties and drag balls all in secret to protect the identities of those who came to participate. Um, His feeling that a queer black space needed to be created, protected, and celebrated. And so if no one else was going to do it, Swan was on it. Okay. Um,
0: He sounds cool.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, Always wanting to protect his guests, he was very careful about how he got the word out. Uh, Invitations were often guarded and whispered among among young black men participants. Uh, And Swan was so much of
0: this. I mean, it's it's also just keeps hitting me wave after wave to think about the level of danger that he would have been in at this time, mm-hmm. right? Cause we're still talking about like 1890s, right? And here's this young black man who is like throwing parties for men to dress and dress. Like yeah. so much of this is like the idea that even if it, like, there's so much at risk here, not just from people, but the system, everything, and him still saying like, but there needs to be a place for this. Exactly. Like, this needs to be able to happen. The bravery that that took is immense and impressive.
1: And not only the fact that it was so brave, but also that this is hurting nobody, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's just, it's a fun thing to do on a Saturday night. Yeah. And one, how great is it that people really put, you know put themselves on the line for for further generations and for the the, their peers but also like let people live
0: well it's just another highlighting of the importance of identity right yeah because like this is an example of they they all sounds like all the participants right are putting themselves in immense danger to do it but their desire to be able to express themselves and to, like, be themselves around mm-hmm. their friends and to have this thing that was for them, right? May, like, the danger was not as important as expressing themselves, right? Yes. They had a lot to lose in doing this. And they still did it. That's the importance of identity. Like, yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay, during this time, these events, is when Swan began to refer to himself as the queen of the drag community. And so this is the I
0: wonder where the, the actual word, like, drag, why it's drag.
1: Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to explain a little bit. Okay. Um, so queen was less based on appearance at that point, uh, but it meant leader. Okay? okay. And the parties were referred to in slang as drags.
0: Okay, like...
1: So the leader of the party was the drag queen, the queen of drag.
0: Okay, okay. I'm also reading here because I looked it up that uh, the definition probably originated in theater of the 1800s where male performers wore petticoats to perform as women and their petticoats would drag on the floor and so they referred to dressing up as women as putting on their drags. Okay. That's another one I
1: found. That's another one. So there is a very famous picture of Swan himself wearing a, uh, you know. Oh, wait,
0: also, okay. to yours, it may have been the term uh, was slang for grand rag, which was historically used for a masquerade ball, a okay. party, so grand rag became drag, and that was the masquerade ball. So there you go. It's, it's one of those two things, according to Wikipedia.
1: Thanks, Wikipedia. There's a famous picture of Swan uh, wearing a very, uh, a beautiful smile, and, and looking very happy um, in a big bonnet-like headpiece along with a, a ruffled gown and a large decorative fan. Ooh, um, and, lovely. And everyone who came to these parties had to be dressed to the nines, right? Um, in fact, here's another police... Dressed ref- to
0: the nines? Another police... Idiom. Idiom. I have no idea what that means. Why isn't it to the tens? You think it be the know. ten? Okay.
1: I don't know. Write it down. Okay. So uh, uh, a raid on January 14th, 1887. The Washington critic reported six blank men dressed in elegant female attire were arraigned in the dock at the police court this morning on a charge of being suspicious persons. They nearly all had on low neck and short sleeve silk dresses, several of them with trains, as well as corsets, bustles, long hose and slippers. Everything that goes to make a female's dress complete. That's awesome.
0: I can't wait to learn more about Swan. But first, about a thank you note for our sponsors. You know what, folks? I want to say thank you to DoorDash because sometimes you know you got dinner figured out, right? Maybe you're going to order dinner uh, or you're going to make it or whatever. But I'll tell you, there's nothing. Well, there are more frustrating things, but on the list of very frustrating things would include to me getting home from the store and realizing you did not get the thing that you actually went to the store to get. Oh,
1: man, I hate that. You need it, like, you're looking through, you're out of deodorant, you need that deodorant for tomorrow. I mean, or, uh, in our case, diapers and baby wipes. Oh, yeah. It always seems like we have them everywhere and... We're out.
0: And we also have a problem getting one and not the other because it's like, <laughs> well, we just bought that one. So there should be, pl- we use those two. Oh no. oh no. Well, good news. Cause DoorDash not only connects you with the restaurants you love, you can also get grocery essentials with DoorDash. You get drinks, snacks, other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. So, for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Pod, all one word. That's 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Pod. Subject to change, terms apply. I also wanna tell you about Curology. Uh, You know, I have had a bit of a skin journey. That's a terrible way to put it. (laughs) That's a terrible phrase. You
1: have psoriasis and occasional acne.
0: Yeah, I've I've had breakouts since I was like, you know, since I turned 12, 13, right? And I still get them now, 37, it's frustrating. (laughs) I don't like it, but luckily, I have started working with Curology, and Curology has built a customized prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for me to tackle my skincare needs, to help with my dry skin, to help with my breakouts. It's incredible. Cureology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin. And if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your acne, fine lines, dark spots and more all shipped right to your door. It's wonderful. It's effective. It doesn't dry my skin out like some products I've used before. It's great. I highly recommend it if you're like me, have some like issues that you've been dealing with seemingly forever. So take control of acne, dark spots, breakouts, or whatever your unique concerns may be with a powerful skincare treatment made just for you today. Go to cureologycom Schmanners for a free 30-day trial and just pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash Schmanners to unlock your free 30-day trial. See Curology.com for all the details. And here we have a commercial message from Christina Faulkner, who wants you to check out geeky hand-dyed yarns at maryandmay.etsy.com. That's M-E-R-R-Y-A-N-D-M-A-E.etsy.com. Mary and May Fiber Arts is an indie dyeing shop started by a nerdy librarian. We dye yarn inspired by fandoms and geekery, including music, books, audio dramas, and more. We can also dye custom colors inspired by your D&D characters.
1: Ooh, it's enough to get you back into your knitting, huh? I
0: actually just ordered some more. So, nice! Yes. So check out Com for geeky hand-dyed yarns. <sighs> Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you sawbones, and marital drool of misguided medicine. And
1: remember, don't drill a hole in your head.
0: Okay, Teresa, tell me more about William Dorsey Swan.
1: You may have been surprised about uh the the ruling that we discussed in two thousand three, but I I don't think that you'll be surprised that toxic masculinity was rampant at this time of uh-huh. <laughs> of American US history. Uh-huh. Um it was very interesting to read some of these quotes and be like, that sounds like something that I might have heard in a nineties sitcom or something it's it's very hard no I take that back it's not hard to believe yeah no. uh that the toxic masculinity especially in media and the press really had an an adverse effect on this community that we're talking oh, about oh
0: absolutely this is the okay this is the inverse uh of of the importance of identity, right? Identity is about you, Mm -hmm. and toxic masculinity and a lot of toxic stuff is about the other, right? Of saying, oh, well, the thing you do makes me uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. so you shouldn't be allowed to do it, and toxic masculinity is especially dangerous because it is what you're told is supposed to happen, right? What you believe and not about, like, expressing yourself or being comfortable being yourself. It's, It's the opposite of identity in many ways.
1: Right. Um, and so the press coverage wasn't good for really anyone's mental health. But the only thing it so rarely is. Yeah. But go on. The thing it did do was get out the word to anyone who might have been interested in joining uh, Swan's secretive safe space. Right. Um, and so it had it had the opposite effect that the media wanted instead of condemning these people for their joy and uh, and seeking out their own identities, uh, it actually made it more popular.
0: Well, that's that's a good, that's an unexpected plus.
1: Uh, but law enforcement kept mm. cracking down. Mm-hmm. Um, in Because 18- I'm
0: sure they didn't have any bigger problems. Of course not. Because I'm sure they didn't have anything else they could have been doing. Uh, in
1: 1896, he was falsely convicted and sentenced to 10 months in jail uh, for, quote, keeping a disorderly house. What? Which is a clumsy euphemism for running a brothel.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. That makes, I mean, not sense, but it makes more sense than being arrested for having a messy house. Right. Which is what I thought it (laughs) meant. Okay.
1: And uh, upon his sentencing, Swan actually made another historical move. He requested a pardon from President Grover Cleveland, making him the very first American on record to pursue legal and political action to defend the LGBTQAI plus community's right together. Okay. It was denied. No. The pardon was denied.
0: Still, historical.
1: Yeah. So Swan is working hard, doing what he needs to do, what he wants to do for his community. But in 1900, he began to retire from the drag scene uh, because all that, like, violence and aggression takes a toll on you.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he was constantly being judged, constantly being pursued by law enforcement, constantly being vilified in the press. You know that there's people in everyday life, right, who would see him and yell stuff and maybe, you know, threaten him or throw stuff. Like, that's a lot.
1: It is a lot. Um, So... Swan passed away in Hancock, Maryland, in 1925. Um, and because nothing gold can stay, after his death, local officials burned his house. What? Yeah. What? I think it's, it was part of this attempt to erase, right? Erase who you, you don't agree with, that you don't understand. Just, just erasure.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. But... They could not burn the impact that William Dorsey Swan had on the drag community. So today, over a hundred years since his last known ball, the houses of the contemporary drag scene still have the same basic format of the House of Swans. Um, there are still competitive dances with exaggerated pantomime that are organized Around family, like groups led by mothers and queens. Drag mother is still a term used to denote rank within groups of ball participants. Um, and, you know, we, like I mentioned before, use the term queen pretty loosely today, but back in Swan's time, it was reserved for someone in a position of power and honor and leadership in the community, making William Dorsey Swan the ultimate queen.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you for suggesting this topic. I, I love learning about people that you know, cis, straight, white, male history didn't decide was important enough to teach at school. Mm-hmm. Uh, because one, they're always incredibly interesting, and two, it's like so impactful to the world around us that yeah. fills in so many gaps. Of it really like, does. Oh, this makes a lot of sense. Oh, okay, now I get like. Uh,
1: once again, the book House of Swan, Where Slaves Became Queens and Changed the World uh, by Channing Gerard Joseph is set to come out in 2022. So check that out.
0: I definitely will. Thank you. Thank you to Alex, our researcher without mm-hmm. whom we would not be able to do this show. Thank you to you, Teresa, for week after week educating this goobus, who I, I guess I can't even... And figure out how to figure out which episodes we're doing. But this was <laughs> fascinating and I really appreciated it. Thank you to you, our listeners for listening and for submitting episode ideas. If you have an idea for a topic we could talk about, you can email us schmannerscast at gmail.com. Um, we, if we do an episode where we need your uh, listener submitted questions, we ask for those at schmannerscast on Twitter. Um, oh, We have the My Brother, My Brother, Me virtual event. If you're listening to this on Friday the 25th, it's tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Tickets are $10, and you can get those tickets at bit.ly slash virtual. It is summer barbecue-themed because we're three <laughs> summer boys talking about our summer joys. Um as we're going to have uh, Sawbones as the opener and if you can't make it tonight and you still want to get tickets, video on demand will be available for 2 weeks after the show ends. Uh just a couple weeks until the Adventure Zone Crystal Kingdom is out. That's our newest graphic novel. Uh, you can go pre-order that at the adventurezonecomic.com. Um, let's see, oh, go to macromerch.com, we got some new merch there, including a Pin of the month that features Griffin's beautiful face saying, I also want a sword. And that benefits the proceeds from that benefit the Trevor Project, which provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning youth. Um, and we've got the Hear That Babe, We're Legends shirt, a portion of which uh, also goes to the Trevor Project. So go check that out and happy Pride, everyone.
1: Yeah. Thank
0: you for joining us.
1: Also, thank you to. Uh... Brent Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art once again, at Schmanners Cast. And thank you to Bruja Betty Pinnett Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners.
0: And that's going to do it for us, so join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You're listening to Schmanners.
1: Manner Schmanners. Get it.